Hello and welcome into the 24-7 Sports College Football Recruiting Podcast. My name is Andrew Ivins, Director of Scouting here at 24-7 Sports, and I'm joined by another director today on Tuesday morning, Steve Wiltfong, Director of Recruiting at 24-7 Sports. Steve, you're making another appearance. Cooper Patagna, I texted him on Memorial Day, and he was en route to some Caribbean country. I can't remember which one, but he was starting his honeymoon. So uh, Cooper tied the knot over the weekend. I don't know if you saw it, Steve. He was wearing a uh, a white suit. Might have been seersucker. It was hard to tell from the photos. So he's out this week on vacation, much reserved, and that means I'm rolling through the guests again. So Steve, how was the holiday weekend for you, bud? Well, it was awesome. Not as awesome as it was for Cooper. Big congrats to him. But obviously, I went to the Indy 500. Uh, it's a magical place. One of my favorite weekends of the year. The race was outstanding. It was my second year taking my whole family, uh, my two kids, eight and five or eight and six now. He just turned six. He walked the whole way, so I didn't have to carry him and coolers. So it was a win all the way around. Uh, but a great weekend. Obviously, race weekend, the parade. Uh, the pool. I did Murph. I know you did Murph. Um, and uh, um, now we're back at it here talking about recruiting, which I obviously did some work this weekend. So we'll talk about that here briefly. But I hope your Memorial Day weekend was as good as mine, brother. I got a good tan going. You need to get one of those. Have you seen those motorized scooters that they can ride ride around? Cooler scooters? Yeah. Have those made it to the Indy 500 infield? or No, but I think the one thing that we're going to get next year is one of those foldable wagons Okay, um, where you can like put multiple coolers in it. And then when you get up to your seats, you fold the wagon. And I mean, it's amazing what people have around them in their seats. It's a pretty old school event in a lot of ways. Uh, you know, we didn't spend any money in that track on, on food or, or beverage. You know, certainly with kids, you spend a ton on souvenirs um so they got us there uh, but but uh no 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 scooter um but uh we might have that foldable foldable wagon and i hope some of you listeners were in indianapolis this weekend over three hundred thousand people at the race over two hundred thousand people at the parade it's a hell of a weekend in naptown it was but the recruiting does not stop right Big weekend for Tennessee. So here's what we're going to do on this podcast. We're going to talk about Tennessee. We're going to talk a little Notre Dame. I think Florida, Clemson, Penn State. Um, we are shifting to June, which means official visit season is here, right? And I think a lot of big dominoes nationally are going to fall, right? Some of these prospects have four or five visits lined up. And they hope to be uh, committed to the school of their choice by the next holiday, that that July 4th holiday. So I know on the last time we had you on last week, you discussed a, a number of high profile kind of blue chip guys, handicap where those those kids and their recruitments stood or, or what you thought. And I think there's going to be some overlap in here, but I really just wanted to focus on, on Tennessee, kind of recap the weekend uh, and then preview the upcoming weekend because this June 2nd. Uh, slate of visits is uh, is pretty loaded. So, Steve, let's start in the Volunteer State. Um, Tennessee called it what their eight six five recruiting extravaganza. I'm assuming what that that's well, the I area. Added the la- I added the last two words. Eight six five live was the event. It was a recruiting extravaganza last year. It was called uh, Rocky Top Palooza. 
they've had some, two good names for this event. I'm excited to see what that morphs into next year. But, uh, you know, Tennessee had great success from Rocky Top Palooza, landed a lot of those guys that were part of a top 10 class um, last year. They're number eight in the standings this year with 12 commits as they build off an 11-win season looking for a second straight top 10 class. And there was a lot of five-star flavor. Uh, one of the first, I talked to Sammy Brown. I got home from the Indy 500. Sammy Brown got home from his official visit. He was already on the water fishing. He was trying to catch a 10 pounder. He said, uh, Tennessee trying to catch a reel and a lot of big fish on the trail this weekend. None bigger than our top ranked linebacker, Andrew at 24 seven sports, Sammy Brown, who was taking his first of five official visits, five weekends in a row. He enjoyed hanging out with the other recruits and the linebackers and, and Tennessee commits there. And this was like, a, if you remember field day in elementary school uh, with all the competitions you would do near the last day of school, that's what this was. Just a lot of games and fun being held inside Neyland Stadium. A lot of time with the coaching staff. Uh, uh, so Sammy and his family really enjoyed seeing the, the staff in that light. Uh, but obviously pointed towards how quickly they've been able to turn the program around. And, and uh, he gave, you know, he gave one of those quotes of what it would be like when I get there, if I get there type quotes. So we'll see, you know, I know he's super high on Tennessee, been there numerous times, said that they're going to be dangerous the next couple of years. You know, he goes to Clemson this weekend. They've been considered a front runner since he was in elementary school. Then he goes to Georgia the weekend after that. I think that Georgia is the front runner going into these officials. Been saying that for several months now. But, hey, he's taking these officials. He likes all five of these programs. We'll see what happens. He loves Oklahoma. Brent Venables, they're getting the one after Georgia. And then Ohio State getting the last official visit. And he's been to Columbus a couple times and, and loves that program. And so uh, Sammy Brown was, was one of the headliners. Aiden Breland. Uh, Dylan Stewart, five-star defensive lineman were there. We'll see if Tennessee is able to uh, ultimately secure official visits from them. Ryan Wingo's on campus right now, the number two receiver in the 24-7 sports rankings. He wasn't there for 865 Live, Andrew, but he got there on Sunday because he had the state track finals, got there on Sunday. He's still there right now as we're recording here at 921 in the morning Eastern time. He's still on campus. I tweeted a picture last night. Uh, he's definitely feeling the love on Tennessee's campus right now um, with a, a, a big rock painted. We want Wingo Rocky Top, hashtag Rocky Top 24. Look, Tennessee's led in the Ryan Wingo sweepstakes as much as any program has. Now, my crystal ball is on Georgia coming out of that spring visit. I think Georgia's still well positioned. But Tennessee, they've only ramped things up since the spring getting them on campus now. I would imagine they'll ultimately get an official visit down the road from him. I think he's a prospect that could take more than the five allotted trips. Uh, but uh, he he's always loved Tennessee, always loved Coach Pope. And then on, on this particular visit right now, you know, they're getting, you know, they've been there for 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 several days. And, and on, on this visit right now, it's uh, the guy that's really making them feel at home while they're on campus is is um, Max Thurman, one of their analysts. And these programs, uh, the secret sauce is having guys like Max Thurman on your staff that, you know, bridge the gap 
between the coaches and the program when the coaches might be doing some other things. And so Max Thurman really making Ryan Wingo and his family feel at home. But uh, they they obviously landed the commitment from Peyton Lewis. Just kind of breaking it up because I can keep rambling. Peyton Lewis was a big pickup for them. Drew, one of the fastest running backs in the country. What did you love about Peyton Lewis to Tennessee out of Salem, Virginia? Well, that's what I was I was waiting to cut you off and ask. I mean, let's let's talk about that commitment. I think it was on Saturday or Sunday. Mm-hmm. I'm not yep. sure. I had, I had limited service out in Chiliota, Florida. Uh, he comes off the board. And what I like about this pickup, Steve, is when you, you take a step back and, and you look at the future of Tennessee's offense, right? We know they got Nico at quarterback, Nathan Leacock, the wide receiver last cycle, Ethan Davis, the tight end. I think that's kind of your your core group. And yes, there's other pieces all around. Um, but Tennessee took two running backs last cycle. Um, and I don't think either one of them match what Peyton Lewis brings to the table. And when I saw him at the Under Armour camp and in the DMV, I mean, he, you mentioned him being fast. Like he is a straight line guy. I thought he also flashed here and there as a route runner, being able to create separation. And he was Virginia's state champ in the, in the hundred last spring. Right. So I, you know, I think he was too, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. And he was 10, four. And, and, and then when you look at what he tested at, I mean, he's a guy that is six, you know, he's six, one, one eighty eight with a 4.58 on the ledger, 30.5-inch vertical jump, 120 broad. So, you know, I think he can do a little bit of everything. And we always mention it on this show. I mean, the the days of the feature backs are are so gone. And you take uh, Peyton, you pair him with what Tennessee signed last cycle, right? Khalil Keith, kid out of Birmingham area. You know, he's a bigger running back in between the tackles. Uh, they also flipped that kid, uh, Deshaun Bishop, a, a local kid from Coastal Carolina late in the cycle, right? And now you throw Peyton Lewis into the mix. And to me, it's almost like building a, a a basketball team, right? You want guys that can do a little bit of different things in your running back room. So I do think that's a, a notable addition uh, for the volunteers, just when you look towards the future of that offense as these current stars and, and everyone, the names everyone knows, they're going to be off to the NFL, right? There needs to be a new wave. And I think it's impressive what Josh Heupel's doing. Steve, you also put in a crystal ball for Cameron Fountain, a, a top two, four, seven defensive lineman for us. Uh, you, you, He was on campus for the 865 Live. Um, what's the latest there? Because he, I think, would be a, a huge pickup for what Tennessee is trying to do on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah, so he said Tennessee's his leader so those are the easy crystal ball picks now they got to hold it right he's going to be at usc this weekend south carolina's made a big impression on him tennessee's getting an official visit on june 23rd they've been recruiting him as long and as hard as any program so i think tennessee's in great position there and and when you talk to him about tennessee he doesn't even talk to you about tennessee's program he just always pivots to his relationship with the staff and what they're trying to do for their players beyond football it was just every answer what do you like about this about tennessee what do you like about this seemed like all his answers morphed into how tennessee's program sets their players up for life after football and so i think he sees tennessee as a 40-year decision for him and not just a four-year decision and so yeah, he is he is loving Tennessee right now. We talked about Peyton Lewis, Andrew. They would love to add running back target Daniel Hill out of Meridian High in Mississippi to to pair up with him. 
Daniel Hill, I know you've seen him, man. He is six foot, 220 pounds. I don't know if I've seen a better like looking lower half on a running back in this class. He's an absolute thoroughbred state champ in, in the hurdles in the, in the state of Mississippi. Tennessee's trying to make a move there. You know, South Carolina has been the perceived favorite for a while, but Daniel Hill says he's ready to get back for an official visit. And that was kind of the goal for Tennessee. Like, hey, let's get Daniel Hill here. To let them have a great time, and then we'll get them back for an official visit. So it's trending that way. Daniel Calhoun's an offensive tackle that's been there numerous times. He's going to be back for his official visit in June as they battle Alabama, Georgia, Texas, and Auburn. Still like Tennessee for Edwin Spillman. Still like Tennessee for Boo Carter. I think Tennessee's trending up for this receiver from New Orleans, Kobe Young, who's pretty dynamic on film, loves Coach Pope, loves the offense. Um, he'll be back down the road. I think they're on the short list for Amari Jefferson next to schools like Alabama and Georgia. And then Cameron Michael. I have Cameron Michael, a top 247 defensive back from Georgia, forecasted to Georgia. But Tennessee giving him a lot to think about coming out of this visit. They had a bunch of commits back. They had touted 2025 offensive lineman Josh Petty on campus who loved it. So all in all, big time weekend for Tennessee. Uh, landed Peyton Lewis. Uh, solidified their lead, in my opinion, for several others, and then uh, certainly improved their their foot footing with some top targets. And then I'm excited to talk to Ryan Wingo later today so you guys can look forward to an update at some point on 24-7 Sports with more visit reaction from the Wingo camp. Tennessee, you said it, number 10 right now, in, or, or they were number 10 last cycle in the recruiting rankings. Right now they're sitting number eight. Uh, go back to 2022. Number seventeen overall, twenty twenty one. Number twenty twenty or number twenty two overall. So they're trending in the right direction, Steve. I know a lot of stuff has to happen, but do you think the Volunteers can finish with a number or with a top ten class again? Absolutely. And look, this is the for the for the first time since two thousand one, I think. And I can look it up as we talk here. This is a program that's finally a legit national title contender right like they're on the short list there's no more when these recruits come to campus there's no more selling of a dream of like hey we uh we are gonna be this like we are in the conversation now we are recruiting you to maintain our level to try and find one or two more wins at the end of the year tennessee arrived the last season and now they're selling substance and not a future. So uh, you know, now they got to go out and repeat. That's the hardest thing, right? Like Florida State's kind of in the same boat of like, you don't want to get caught up in your own press clippings because you could take a step back as a program. We saw that kind of happen with A&M. You know, A&M had a top five team a couple of years ago, and they're trying to get back to that part of the mountain, you know, and uh, uh, so Tennessee and, and Florida State trying to stay in that rarefied air and keep climbing. But uh, both those programs are in an exciting position right now with a lot of talent coming into the season and, and both have chances for top 10 recruiting classes. Uh, but, you know, they can't believe the hype going into the fall. Uh, so we'll see what happens with that. And it'll certainly what happens there will resonate with how how high that both those programs can finish, because at the end of the day, it's tougher to flip your top players if you're winning. Last thing on Tennessee was Amir Jackson, the top two four seven tight end out of, out of Georgia. Was he there? Do you know? You know, I have not. I, I think I think I think Ryan Callahan said he was there. Yeah, that I that is one I, I I I am tracking for the Volunteers. This is a kid out of 
Portal Georgia. So if he ever ends up in the transfer portal, it's going to be quite the quite the headline. That'll be a, a good day on social media. Uh, how about Florida for Amir Jackson, though? I know that's a, a, a guy yeah. they cover, yeah. and I think that uh, I think that Florida is well positioned for Amir Jackson as, as a school well, to, to watch for him per- as well. Perfectly plays into into what I what my thought process is right now. Tennessee has a tight end committed, and Jonathan Eccles, right? Jonathan Eccles. Also is set to visit Florida this weekend on an official visit. To me, I I, I like Amir Jackson a little bit more. Uh, I've seen Jonathan Eccles a bunch live. I think he's more of a defensive guy. I think that's where his ceiling is, but um, maintains that he's a tight end. So that's just why I brought him up. Um, which makes which I just hope wherever he plays, he embraces because he's very talented. Uh, he has elite lateral quickness. Uh, Steve, let's move on to Notre Dame. Big weekend for the Irish. Uh, won a national title in lacrosse. I saw Marcus Freeman was there. I think the Irish have a few multi-sport guys that that play both sports, and uh, they won the title on Monday. But they got some potential good news coming. Perfect time to plug this. Sean Salviano, a defensive lineman at a Clearwater Academy International. I was just at his school Two weeks ago, when I was over there checking out IMG Academy, he's going to he's set to announce a commitment this Friday on the twenty four seven Sports YouTube channel. Notre Dame's a finalist, along with Auburn, Ohio State, and Miami. I think you logged over the weekend, or maybe it was Thursday or Friday, a crystal ball forecast for the Irish for Sean Selviano. Just what's the latest we need to know there, and then I can add some color on the on the on the player. Yeah, well, my my prediction for Sean uh, Saviano joins our good friend Tom Loy, Notre Dame insider, who was ahead of, of that one. Um, I mean, he looks like a looks like a big Notre Dame lean going into his decision here. And this is a guy the Irish covet: uh, twenty two sacks, six forced fumbles last year in Notre Dame, working on a top five class potentially. Uh, but this is a guy that, you know, they covet for the way he plays the game. And, uh, you know, they just landed one of the more athletic defensive ends in the country in, in Logan Thomas, who impressed us at the All-America Bowl Combine in January. They have Bryce Young and his massive frame in the fold. Uh, his father, Bryant Young, the best Notre Dame player of my 40 years of life. Uh, and then Cole Mullins. Um Cole Mullins also in the fold out of Mill Creek in, in Georgia. Uh, but if they could add Sean Siviano to that, that's a group, a, a nice blend of high upside guys and then some guys that are really good football players right now. Yeah, Sean, to me, I mean, he is 6'2", over 300 pounds. You said it, uh, 22 sacks, but he also had 50 tackles for loss. Uh, doesn't have the longest reach, but man, I mean, he just makes things happen in the middle. I think he's kind of your ideal nose, depending on – how big he gets, but he's the type of player that's going to allow some of those other defenders that Notre Dame has recruited to run free at the second level and, and make stops. And when I was talking to Sean, this is a kid that's originally from Winnipeg. Um, he is a hockey fan. We discussed, yeah, we discussed that at, at length. I think he told me he played hockey, but he stopped because he got too big. I think that's what it is. But he, he rattled off his weightlifting numbers. Bench press is 400, squat 600, deadlift 700. Um, I think this guy is someone that will have a chance to be a part of the rotation earlier. And, and Clearwater Academy International, man, they just keep churning out 
these individuals and everyone in that building speaks so highly of Sean. So we'll see what he does on Friday. As a reminder, you can watch that on the 24-7 Sports YouTube channel. Uh, I'm sure one of us will be part of that broadcast. And that's really going to, I think, kick off a, a busy few weeks of, of these commitment announcements. Uh, Steve, Notre Dame, number four right now in the rankings. They also got some visitors on campus this this upcoming weekend, some official visitors. And really, I think the theme of it is offensive tackles. You have Gerby Lambert uh, out of Massachusetts, the New England area, our number eight, number eight ranked offensive tackle. He'll be there. Grant Bricks, um, a kid from Iowa. Am I, am I wrong on that, Iowa? No, he should, is. I should have wrote that down. Number 11 offensive tackle. And then uh, Styles Prescott. Number 34 offensive tackle right now. He's an in-state kid. Um, Notre Dame has more a lot of commits already. It seems like offensive tackle remains a big focus for the Irish here heading into June. Well, that's kind of their recipe, their secret sauce. Great offensive line play, be able to run the football, and that opens everything up. And that this is a visit weekend that kind of plays to that strength. If they can add to what they already have in the fold, you know, Gerby Lambert is a guy that I certainly just peg as a Notre Dame type kid. Ohio State certainly in the middle of it. Boston College, Penn State. It's one of those old school uh, blue blood programs from that region battling from one of the best offensive linemen in, in the country there. Kirby Lambert, uh, you know, Notre Dame certainly a factor in that recruitment. Styles Prescott, I have predicted to, to Notre Dame out of my neck of the woods, Indianapolis area. He visited a couple times in the spring, including the spring game. I think he's just trying to better get to know his peers in the class. I think that's kind of as he continues to check his boxes on what's important to him in a school. I think he's looking forward to getting around some, getting around the guys, the commits and in the locker room and seeing how he continues to fit in there. Cause he loves everything about the program from proximity to, you know, the offensive line stature to the stage that Notre Dame plays on. And then Grant Bricks, you know, he's a major target for a lot of schools. Notre Dame's one of them. They've had him on campus before. He's one of the most coveted players in the country at the position. He'd be a major coup for whoever. And then Kedron Young. I mean, this is a guy that's one of the fastest running backs in the country. One of my favorite guys out of Lufkin, Texas. Um, and, and, and Notre Dame, I think they boast – one of the one of the more fun and talented running back rooms in college football this year. They want to reload. They have Aeneas Williams committed, and if they could add Kedron Young, who's one of the best, better, bigger backs in the country, 220 pounds, sub 11 speed, or or, or close to sub 11 speed in the 100 meter dash. There, when I said one of, the, I said I meant to say he's one of the faster big backs in the country. Uh, you're good. You're absolute, good. An absolute load. Uh, that can make things happen, and he's visiting Notre Dame this weekend, and he's one of Notre Dame's top targets regardless of position as they start to kind of wrap up the cycle. And if they can get Kedron Young and Aeneas Williams together, I think they would love the flexibil flexibility and versatility that those two guys would bring to their team. Kedron Young over 1,600 yards rushing as a junior down there in the Lone Star State. So uh, I think Notre Dame's in the middle of it for a lot of these guys. I wouldn't be surprised if they ultimately land a few of them and, and uh, they're tracking for another great class under Marcus Freeman and company. And then we'll see what the Sam Hartman show does this year on the field for the Irish. Yeah, Logan Thomas, he committed to the Irish, uh, what was that, last Thursday, Friday? I, I can't remember. I, I love that pickup. He is heavily debated as a prospect behind the scenes at, at 24-7 sports. It seems to, he seems to have some fans and 
other people aren't sold on him, but man, I just do not, cannot not remember what he did at the national combine, right? He was our alpha dog at that event. I mean, you're talking about a, a camp inside the Alamo dome with a thousand kids. And he was the guy uh, that rose to the top and he, he tested off the charts that day four, seven on a traditionally slower track, uh, four five in the short shuttle, 31 and a half inch vertical jump. I think Logan Thomas is a nice get for the Irish down in the state of Texas. It's all going to need to come together, right? Production isn't there just yet, but someone we're going to be closely tracking for his senior season. Hey, as a reminder, guys, if you're listening to the 24-7 Sports College Football Recruiting Podcast, please like, rate, subscribe to the show. Makes things easier for us. Keeps Steve coming on the show. Uh, and keeps all the guests. We had Charlie Partridge, defensive line coach from the University of Pittsburgh. He was on last week. I thought he had some great insight to what he looks for on the position. And you can He's find that. Stud. Yeah, you can find that interview and all of our inter- interviews in the uh, 24-7 Sports College Football Recruiting Podcast feed. We're going to take a quick break. You're listening to the 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast. All right, Steve, we talked about Tennessee. We talked about Notre Dame. You brought up Florida a little bit with Amir Jackson. He's not visiting this weekend, but the Gators and Billy Napier are dialing up a big weekend. And really, it's a, it's a big few weeks for them. But this June 2nd visitors list is, is loaded. It's got some five-star flavor and then a, a lot of prospects I like that might not have five stars next to their name right now. So Jeremiah Smith, he's scheduled to be there. The Ohio State commit, our number one ranked wide receiver, Jordan Ross, a pass rusher out of the state of Alabama, number two ranked edge. Those are the two headliners. Then we'll get into the other ones. You know, what what do we need to know about these two guys? Well, uh, Jeremiah Smith, you know, if you remember correctly, there was a little bit of confusion on what date he would be at Florida because it was originally he originally said that he would be there the second weekend. But then when he circled back, he's going to be at Ohio State the second weekend, which is going to be a big recruiting weekend for the Buckeyes. Uh, He was recently at Georgia um, for his official visit there. I I think that um, he's been to Florida several times. You know, Billy Napier and his receiver track record in state, you know, the Gators are on a short list as, as the schools that he's keeping alive. Uh, you know, as he maintains his commitment to Ohio State, which is a historically tough place to flip a receiver from because for all the reasons that we mentioned every show, Brian Hartline, track record, <laughs> relationship he yeah. builds with the recruits. Marvin Harrison Jr. is going to be the next big name in the next NFL draft, and Ohio State's offense is awesome. So you talk to people that uh, talk to Jeremiah, and they continue to say that it's going to be tough to flip him, but you talk to people that spent time with him at Georgia, and they say they think they're in it. Um, and then, you know, I would imagine he'll have a good time at Florida this weekend around a great coaching staff and, and a program that has a lot of excitement around it. And then, you know, Jordan Ross, you know, he's been, he's been to Gainesville. Uh, Florida's been on his short list for a while. You know, I think Tennessee's in good shape there. He's also got official scheduled to Georgia and Texas. I know he loved his Georgia visit this spring. I think Auburn's in the middle of that one and Alabama as well. Uh, but Florida, Florida's had some sneaky good wins out of the state of Alabama the last couple cycles. Chase Clark is an off-field recruiting guy there that's had a lot to do with that. Um, 
uh, but you know they they won Kelby Collins last year. Uh, they uh, Scooby uh, uh, they landed out of Alabama, and, and and you know we'll see what happens with with Jordan Ross here as they battle for him. So this next wave is is the wave I you know that I think gets me excited if I'm a Florida fan, right? Obviously those two, we'll see how the, they play out. But Dalen Evans, our number nine ranked defensive lineman, a, a Texas A&M commit. He's been in Gainesville before he comes back. Christopher Jones, number 10 ranked linebacker for us out of the DMV. He returns. L, LJ McCray, number 14 defensive lineman out of the Daytona Beach area. I just saw him in person on Thursday night. We can Talk a little bit about that here in a few. And then Jaden Jackson, number 39 defensive lineman, who was kind of one of the stars of IMG's uh, annual spring inter-squad scrimmage. All four of those guys, and, and there's plenty of others, but that group to me uh, is important. Florida needs to revamp that front seven. Uh, that was a big talking point and a priority and focus for Billy Napier and the Gators last cycle. I think it's the same thing here, right? You got to keep stacking chips, keep getting guys in. And I think if they can get one or two of those individuals, then you have to be feeling good about the future of that, that line and that second level of the defense. Yeah. To beat Alabama and Georgia for Kelby Collins to beat Georgia for Cameron James last cycle, those are championship level recruiting wins, but you need, you need more of them. I mean, when you look at, the rugged SEC and who comes out on top every year. It's ones typically with dynamite defensive play, particularly in the front seven. And, and uh, um, Florida's trying to retool that position group there. And, and, and this is a big recruiting weekend there. But like, you know, similar to Jeremiah Smith, it's tough to flip a defensive lineman from the Aggies right now with the work that Elijah Robinson and Terry Price do. Uh, it's it's tough to flip an in-state defensive lineman from Texas A&M. So I'm curious to see how these visits go because I think that Dalen Evans, and you kind of alluded to it, and our, and our buddy Hudson Standish kind of got my brain churning on it um, a couple meetings ago. I mean, this is a guy that is as talented as anybody at the position. Uh, so I think that this is a guy that Texas A&M is really going to guard to keep in the fold. So we'll see what happens uh, mo moving forward. But, uh, um, you know, obviously Florida's getting a chance to, to, to make a move there. I think Florida – I think Florida's – what were you going to say, brother? Well, Florida's doing great in Texas this cycle. DJ Lagway, mm -hmm. uh, Xavier Philsam, you know, mm -hmm. I, it wouldn't be the first guy they've plucked out of the Lone Star State. No, abs absolutely not. Um, but – you know, this is a young man that's already in the fold for the Aggies too. So we'll we'll see what happens there. I think Florida leads for Christopher Jones going into this visit. Um, uh, you know, he's got the one planned for Georgia. Maybe I'm sleeping on some other programs, but I really like Florida's position for Christopher Jones. Florida could possibly also be the one to beat for Jalen Crawford right now. I liked LSU early for him. Uh, I know he's you know visited Auburn and some other places, but I know that Florida's done a terrific job recruiting him. And then you brought up LJ McCray. That one's a war, right? I mean, this is a this is a championship level in-state defensive lineman that has official visits locked into Auburn and Georgia, Miami, Florida State in the fall. Uh, he's one of the most coveted players in the country, and I know you can elaborate on that here in in a second. I'm very curious to see where LJ McCray's recruitment goes following these official visits. 
he would be a massive pickup for the Gators. And then Jaden Jackson embodies all the traits you're looking for at the position from the size uh, and, and motor to leadership ability. You know, he's one of the leaders on that IMG Academy football team. And uh, I think Florida and Miami have done a really nice job with Jaden Jackson, among others. So his official visits will be big as well. I think LJ McCray is the prospect that might have impressed me the most this spring when it came to in-person evaluations. Uh, so I saw him Thursday night, Daytona Beach mainland playing West Orange High School, uh, which has a power five quarterback and elite 11 finalist and Trevor Jackson. I was on the sidelines. You had Trey Scott from Georgia there, uh, a pair of Florida State coaches. I think Miami was also in the building and uh lj mccray man he looked like a completely different player than he did as a junior and for those not familiar with lj mccray he has elite 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 measurables right um he's over six six i mean we're talking uh, a wingspan north of 82 inches but it's it's mostly projection with him and lj as a as a junior only had three sacks in, in 15 games. And I kind of asked him about that. I'm like, how did you not produce more? And I think with LJ, what held him back is the fact that he was, he was going two ways. He, he was playing some tight end for his school, which made it to the state finals and ended up losing. And on Thursday night, he didn't take it. I think maybe he took three or four snaps on offense and a, a jumbo wildcat package. And he, he pancaked the guy he was assigned to take down, but he was full go on defense. I had him with four tackles for lost and, and three quarters of play, multiple pressures. Um, he, I'm excited about him. I, I think when we talk 10 years down the line, he could be the dude in this class just because of those measurables. So LJ McCray stock up for me. Uh, I was very impressed with him and it's a it's it's an interesting year you know there's not a lot of these creatures out there so lj mccray uh, a guy to certainly know uh, and again one that's going to visit florida this weekend hey drew one more guy coming this weekend uh, that i think they probably lead for going into the visits is deandre robinson from orlando jones yeah he's a he's an interesting one he's got all five of his visits right yeah, he's, he locked in a few. Uh, he's locked in uh, uh, Georgia, Ohio State, and Texas right now in addition to this Florida trip. Yeah, I, I think just kind of communicating with different people, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he's a guy that maybe takes more than five official visits. He seems to be in, in that kind of mold when you ask the college contacts. The schools um, only have 56 of them, so it'll be interesting to see how that starts to shake out there. You know, there'll be guys like Dylan Stewart. If he wants to come, you got to, you, you probably, if you think you got a chance, you'll bring him in. But um, there's some guys that it's just going to be interesting. I'm, inter I'm interested to see how that shakes out. Let's move on to another school, um, Clemson. And Clemson does things very unique. Remember last year, Clemson did summer official visits for the first time, and they had that jumbo weekend. What was it, Steve? Like 30 guys were in town on official visits or something crazy they like got that? The rest of the, got the rest of the month off on the weekends. <laughs> they, well, they you ended work, up – You work they, for Clemson, you, got the, you, can, you can hit the lake on the 9th, the 16th, and the 24th. 
I don't right. know if that's true. They might be preparing for fall camp, but just just saying. Yeah, and they ended up. I think a good chunk of their 2023 class came from that weekend, and oh yeah, the Tigers have another big one penciled in for uh, the upcoming weekend. But before we, we we get into that, you know, you brought it up. I think either on the recruiting show, uh, the, the YouTube show, or you brought it up here, but. June 1st is also a very important day for Clemson. And why is that, Steve? Well, it's when they start handing out offers. And it might, I wouldn't be surprised if that kind of starts on May 31st this year, uh, tomorrow. Uh, but generally, it's this ballpark where they just start extending offers to the rising junior class. Um, and, and, and so they'll have kids in camp. They're going to have a lot of quarterbacks on campus this summer throwing. And, and, uh, um, it, it kind of for Clemson, like I, I, I kind of joked around about the rest of the weekends, but it, it, it shows that like if you are in, if you are truly interested in Clemson, you know you have to go there for your official June second. There's no like compromise on that, right? So it shows Clemson what they're they know where they stand with these recruits too, because they're coming on that weekend, that designated weekend. Right. And it gets everybody there at once around their insane culture. Their culture's off the charts and uh, everybody, their facilities are, it's like a resort there. Um, and, and uh, you know, it's a cool place. They're all there together and Clemson's going to have an excellent chance to land a lot of these guys. And they wouldn't be here this weekend if they weren't highly interested. And then the same goes kind of for the camp, right? Like, there's a bunch of camps you could go to, but I'm going to Clemson's camp this weekend because they have not offered anybody. And it's my chance to go earn that full ride from a place that I am really high on and, and, and like and respect. And so, you know, I mean, George McIntyre is going to be there this weekend. I'd be stunned if he doesn't get an offer. Right. But but that doesn't mean that he'll be the only one. You know, Clemson's bringing in a lot of quarterbacks, whether it's Stone Saunders, Sawyer Anderson from Paris Episcopals going to be back. And then the other cool thing about Clemson is if they do offer you, you can commit to them. It is not just some BS offer to get you to keep coming back. So um, you come to campus this week as an underclassman, as a rising junior, and you get an offer, which is hard to get from Clemson. Um you know, it, you you have an offer that you can commit to because if you look at Clemson's offers right now in the 2024 class, they have just 57 of them. They've offered 57 players in the 2024 class, and they'll sign over 20, I would imagine, where meanwhile Florida State's offered 306. They can't all commit to Florida State right now. But I would think that everybody, unless they filled up out of position for Clemson, all those young men – at one point could have committed to Clemson. And so I, I, I think that is about as authentic as you can get on the recruiting trail for any program in America. Clemson, one of the power five schools right now without a arm committed in the 2024 cycle, Steve, they've thrown their hat into the, into the mix with a number of high profile arms, but none of them have committed. Do you think Clemson, continues to search for a 24 cycle or they they pivot to 2025 and offer a guy like George McIntyre, who is our number two ranked quarterback in the 25 cycle, or you, you have no read on that? Well, I think that they'd like to sign a quarterback in this class just based on kind of they've gone after several guys in this class and 
have recruited some other guys behind the scenes that they didn't offer. And then the other unique thing about Clemson is uh, if you, they will recruit you if you're committed to another school, but they will not trip you. So they might be talking to some guys that are committed to another program right now, and that could be low key. Uh, but that young man will not be on Clemson's campus if he remains committed to that school. Now, at least that's what their track record is. You know, recruiting anything's fluid. So um, <clears throat> I, I think they want to take a quarterback this cycle, um, but certainly they'll have a chance to again sign one of the best ones in the country in twenty four twenty five. They were on a lot of short lists for elite guys in 24. They just didn't win them this year, you know, um, but they were in the conversation for some of the uh, most touted guys, whether that's, you know, uh, Lagway or Jaden Davis or whoever. Um, but, um, you know, they'll get in the McIntyre sweepstakes. I think they're on the short list for him, Alabama, LSU, Tennessee, definitely in great position for McIntyre and our colleague, Greg Biggins. Uh, got to watch George McIntyre throw this weekend at the Steve Clarkson quarterback retreat. Uh, you're going to have Biggins on your show tomorrow. So tune in um, as, as Greg saw some of the top quarterbacks in the country throw. Um, but talking to McIntyre and his family, I know those SEC programs are in great shape. And we'll see what happens with Clemson here. Well, let's get into the weekend visitors for the Tigers. K.J. Bolden, number one ranked safety. Mike Matthews, a five-star athlete. You already brought up Sammy Brown. Edward Houston, a five-star defensive lineman. Two five-star wide receivers, Bryant Wesco and Cameron Coleman. They're both expected. They remind me of the Clemson wide receivers they recruited you know, six years ago, right? These big perimeter playmakers uh, with tons of size that can run. Ricardo Jones, a, a top 247 defensive back, is also expected. T.J. Moore, top 247 wide receiver. Darian Mayo, who has elite size as well uh, for a defensive lineman. Braylon Staley, an in-state wide receiver. That's on our top 247. Who are some of the names we should be keeping an eye on, and who do you think can join Clemson's recruiting class that currently sits number 21 in the rankings uh, as of this taping? Well, to your point, I think Clemson finally got back to recruiting to the standard that we were used to at receiver with uh, Adam Randall and Antonio Williams. Those guys are big-time talents that I, I think can can make things happen. I liked Noble Johnson, who they took out of Texas last year as another guy, but they're in on some big-time pass catchers. And when Clemson's at their best, dynamic guys at the receiver position, that can light up the scoreboard at, at any point was one of their recipes, right? One of their key ingredients. And they've lacked that for several years. And you can sit here and talk about how the quarterback play was suspect for a little bit after Trevor Lawrence. But I don't even think that the, I don't think the receiver room was up to snuff either uh, and, and the depth in the running back room. And then, the offensive line, they've, they've never been a factory at that position anyway. So for them to like overcome that, they've had elite quarterback, great skill players. I think they're finally starting to maybe get back to that in the wide receiver room with, with Randall and, and uh, Antonio Williams, and then hopefully they can keep it going. I know they're going to try to this weekend with, with some of those names you mentioned, and they get, look, they got a shot at Wesco, you know, Cam Coleman's, Cam Coleman has, has has loved his experience, and they all say the same thing. They talk about they talk about the uh, 
um, the culture and how much they love being around the staff. And, and, and so KJ Bolden could play either side of the ball. He's always liked Clemson. I, I, I mean, my crystal balls on Georgia coming into these official visits, but official visits change things. We'll see if that happens for KJ Bolden. Mike Matthews is a guy that programs love at wide receiver as well. Uh, so, you know, I think USC, Tennessee, Clemson, uh, are, are three that I think are in, in a really good spot for, for Mike Matthews, who recently scheduled his official visits, uh, also going to take one to Georgia. Um, I think Georgia needs to actually make a move there. Uh, but, uh, you know, they're in it for Idrick Houston. Ricardo Jones, there was a time I liked Tennessee, but I think that that has kind of moved on. Uh, Florida State's probably in a good spot for Ricardo Jones as well. But Michael Uini, Casey Poe, some of those offensive linemen, TJ Moore is another wide out. They got a great shot at Darian Mayo. The reason why I haven't predicted Michigan yet is because of Clemson. He loved his previous visit. Braylon, there's a lot of receivers on campus, man. Uh, Braylon Staley, uh, um, you know, but this is a big offensive line and receiver weekend for Clemson and they'll get their fair share. It'll be interesting to see who, uh, but just track record of this visit weekend says that they're going to land some of these old linemen and receivers visiting as they're bringing in several in both position groups. Let's wrap this thing up with Penn state. And I know there's plenty of other schools out there that are going to have a big June 2nd, but I, when I glance at people can read about that on, <laughs> on the website, when I glanced at Penn state's list, I, I, I did think there were, um, some notable names tucked in there, but you had an update on, on Monday night on Ernest Wylor or yeah. Willer. Uh, I got a Tuesday morning update on that now, Drew. He's not going to be there this weekend, <laughs> um, but I'm going to be able to add some names here on the show, and then I'm going to write an article for, for Lions 247. So while we take Ernest Wyler off the board, I think that was a miscommunication. He wanted to visit this weekend but I don't think that was logistically lined up. Uh, so he is now expected to come in the fall. In addition to the names you see on the site, I'm going to add Liam Andrews, who is one of the most coveted players at the point of attack for Penn State. We rank him as the number four interior offensive lineman in the country, Drew. Uh, but I know places like Penn State and Wisconsin love him on the defensive line. They're probably not the only ones. And I think Liam might be leaning towards that if I talk to some people about it. But either way, hell of a player up front. He's expected on campus this weekend. Uh, Dewan Lane is a defensive back out of Gilman, uh, four-star prospect for us uh, out of Baltimore, four-star safety. Uh, that's a place where Penn State typically recruits well. So uh, they're they're in a really good spot there. And then Jalen Hornsby is a receiver from Camden, New Jersey, that Penn State, our colleague Brian Doan already has predicted to Penn State. So things are developing there. Uh, Chris Cole is a linebacker you love. Uh, big mover in our latest rankings update, very athletic second-level defender. I think Miami and Georgia have set the tone in that recruitment. But uh, Virginia, yeah, out of the state of Virginia, never sleep on Penn State from a prospect there. Linebacker you, he likes Penn State a lot. So we'll see where Penn State stands coming out of the weekend. Jalen Harvey, I think Penn State leads, but he hasn't done it yet. So it makes me nervous when I keep saying that. Derek Plaz is an offensive lineman that uh, Miami has a lot of buzz for. Uh, um, but we'll see if, if Penn State can change that as they try. And the Penn State 
sign a top three offensive line class last cycle, have a really good one in the fold this cycle. They would love to land him. And I think Penn State leads for Xavier Gilliam, an edge rusher from Maryland, who's also going to take his official visit to campus this weekend. So Penn State, man, there's a lot of uh, momentum around that program. Uh, after another 11-win campaign, another good NFL draft, number seven recruiting class in the country right now, looking for more, probably will ultimately get some more after this weekend at some point. I just want to add on Penn State, uh, one of their defensive back commits, Antoine Belgrave Shorter, saw some footage from his spring jamboree last week, was really impressed. Everyone talks about John Mitchell, uh, the top 247 corner at, at Jacksonville Mandarin there, but Belgrave mm -hmm. Shorter had a pair of takeaways, nice breaks on the ball. I, I, I thought when Penn State got those two out of the Sunshine State, that was a bit of a statement because um, there's not a ton of defensive backs to go around and they snatched him up before Florida's big three really can make a move. Those are the players that Penn State's winning a lot of games with, and they're going to have arguably the best defense in college football this year, be another good draft. And 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 so with that, you know, Jawan Sider does a great job recruiting in Florida, and, and, and Penn State's got a track record there, and they're a, they're a fun team going into the season to keep an eye on. Absolutely. Steve, so you're off to Detroit. What day is that again? You're at the Sound Mind, Sound Body Camp. Remind listeners why that's important and, uh, you know, your coverage plans for that. Yeah, I'll be up there with our buddy Alan True. We're covering the Sound Mind, Sound Body Camp. Uh, it's Thursday. Uh, so flying up to Detroit Wednesday, flying back Thursday. Um, but excited to see some high profile prospects compete in that event. You know, Bryce Underwood, certainly one of the headliners, our top ranked quarterback in 2025, but it's one of those mega camps. There'll be a lot of college coaches out there from all levels. A lot of scholarships will be going out um, and uh, recruiting. So it, it's just going to be an exciting atmosphere at Wayne State. Tyrone Wheatley's the head coach and they've attracted a hell of a roster and a hell of a lineup of coaches for this event. Well, I look forward to seeing what comes out of that. Uh, I attended that event, event once years, years ago, and there was uh, a ton of dudes. I think Amon Ross St. Brown <laughs> somehow was working out at that thing. Chase Claypool. Yeah, Chase Claypool. Yeah, I remember yeah. that one. Yeah. Just a ton of different dudes. Well, Steve, we appreciate you stopping by, filling in for Cooper once again. Uh, all, all listeners can find Steve on social media. You can find him on the site, and you can find him – on the 24-7 Sports YouTube channel, uh, Wilt Fong Whip Around. You got all that going on. Steve, we appreciate it big time you taking the time. Yeah, man. Good talking to you, Drew. You take care, and we'll talk to you later, man. Appreciate you all listening. Hit the like and subscribe to this podcast. Keep it rolling.